This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 8, Episode 10. Welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast. My name is Jacob Paulson. I'll be your host today, and I'm joined by a special guest who I'm going to introduce to you in just a moment. Uh, but first, a couple quick sponsor messages. Today's episode is sponsored by two things. First, Tactical RX. They're our honorary sponsor today. You can learn more about Tactical RX by just sticking around and listening because we're going to talk about that. But TacticalRx.com, and they make the highest quality, best prescription grade uh, safety glasses that you can buy. And I think that if you haven't already invested, then you're doing it wrong. If you're if you're still using a pair of cheapo $12 glasses from Home Depot, you're doing this wrong. Uh, you're going to learn a lot more about eyeglasses today than you ever wanted to, to know. So stick around. That's going to be great. Today's episode is also brought to you today by KSG Armory. KSG Armory holsters are the best customized holsters that money can buy, and they're not the most expensive that money can buy. So you should check those out at ksgarmory.com. Learn more about the Lexington, which is the new flagship holster over there, available for over 100 guns. Go check it out right now. See if it's available for your gun at ksgarmory.com. All right, those are our sponsor messages. So let's get into it. I'm joined today by Brett. Brett, how you doing? Oh, it's pretty good. Good. Uh, we haven't known each other for very long, but uh, I was introduced to you by a mutual acquaintance. And I was, you know, I, I, I'd seen your brand around. I didn't realize you were here local to, to me in the Denver area. And so I was talking to a, our friend, Mickey Shook, and I said, you know, Mickey talks about Tactical RX. And I was like, hey, you know, what is it about the Tactical RX glasses that you're so into? What's the big deal? And Mickey said something like, well, I just Googled best prescription safety glasses and they were number one on Google. And so I researched it and sure enough, they're the best. And well, so thanks. That's what, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been to your shop. I, I'm wearing your glasses. I think that safety glasses may be a very underappreciated and mis I won't say misunderstood, but, but I think that people have a very surface level knowledge of glasses um, and, and they maybe perhaps don't, don't understand the value or, or the importance of having quality eyewear. So tell us a little bit about just, you know, an introduction, how you got into this business. Uh, what is Tactical RX? What are you guys doing? And, and then we'll get into some more specifics. Oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so I started, uh, Sports Optical in 1993. This is actually our 30th year in business. Woohoo! Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, I, I did it kind of for myself. I always wore glasses. I always did sports. Um, back in the 70s and 80s, you know, you just wore your glasses. There wasn't anything protective about it. It was, it was just, you know, you dealt with it. You had to see. So I got out of the Army. I was an engineer and uh, used my GI Bill to go to school for opticianry. And with all this in mind, that I would come up with sport glasses that I could use myself. Sure, sure. So what, about almost all the way through school, I went to get uh, like a pair of, uh, I think, Oakley's made my prescription. And the laboratory says, oh, you can't do that. They're too curved. You can't see out of it. And it wasn't just that laboratory. Like every laboratory, they're like, oh, you'll feel like you're in a fishbowl. It's impossible. It can't be done. So I graduated school, got a job at a local optical, all the while thinking about my thing going on. And then I started my own gig and started just making glasses and trying it and doing it again and doing it again, had my friends try them. And, and after you know, a few thousand lenses, figured it out. It actually did work. 
You know, we yeah. have special formulas to accommodate for, you know, you'll get increased power and prism thrown in. That's why you get that fishbowl effect when you curve it. So I figured out the formulas to make it work. So when you put them on, you see well, which is the the ultimate goal. Right. A lot of companies advertise they have, you know, this and that, and you get them, you put them on, you don't see well. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to pause you just for a second, Brett, because I think it's important to understand. So, so when you got into the business, uh, into the industry, no one like it was it was a it was a held belief it was a fact at the time that you could not make a curved lens in a prescription correct and there yeah. are still there are still people out there that says it doesn't work right 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 <laughs> even though it's being done so so you figured that out through iteration through just you know straight up hard down to the bone you know sweat blood and tears yeah, try, try it trial tweak and it, try error it, tweak it just yep. do it again and do it again yeah yeah so so tell us about the impact it had on the industry and kind of where you went from there well, you know, I, I, we figured it out, you know, the visual aspect of it. Sure. Well, the sunglass frames aren't made for prescription lenses. So then we had to figure out how to put the lenses into the frames. And I invented a lot of processes in that field that have been copied by Nike and Oakley and Maui Jim and all those guys. They try to do what we do, but they don't really know what we do. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so they have a similar looking product, but go back on the visual thing. You know, uh, there's parameters, you know, you, you got, uh, lenses, they'll say, we go to a minus three. Well, I, I do the same thing. I go to a minus seven. So what does that mean? What does that measure? Mean? It's the power that you need okay. to correct you to gotcha. seeing 2020. So, you know, if we can do twice the power and have it work, why can't they do twice the power? Well, because their formulas aren't as good. Sure. Otherwise, you know, it's not as refined. The, the more that you amplify it, the more the issues come out. Sure, sure. So, yeah, we really do have, you know, the, the, the kernel secret recipe of lenses. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I've, I've been in your shop. Uh, I've seen, you know, some, I, I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the, the secret recipe or anything, but, but I see the actual manufacturing process. And when you guys started, I mean, this is, when, when we say make a lens, you're not talking about, you know, ordering it from somewhere. I mean, you're talking about taking a chunk of glass, cutting it, tweet, I mean, like it's, 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 it's as like raw of a process as someone could visually imagine. It's pretty raw, yeah. I mean, it, it one one it's everything's plastic these days. Sure, we, sure. Don't, we don't use glass anymore, and, and for safety reasons, you know, the airbag in your car could really cause some havoc. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we we start with we have they call them pucks. They're round pieces of of polycarbonate is what we use. Water white polycarbonate, you know, really super clear. And then we have the prescription ground to our specifications at a surface laboratory. So when they come in, then we got to line it up, you know, 180 degrees and then in and out and up and down. And then we have to make that shape fit the frame. And that's a lot of what I invented was the fitting them in the frames, you know, the milling processes. They actually have invented machines that do what I used to do by hand. Which is good because now I don't have to stay awake till midnight, six nights a week making lenses. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Because <laughs> originally I could only make, you know, 40 to 60 a week. You know, it takes an hour or more by hand to make these things. So when Oakley started copying me, they have machines that are out of Italy. A great, great machine company. One, one, an amazing place. I just got done with a factory tour over there in Bergamo. Um, when they, 
make their sunglasses, they had these machines that would cut, you know, thousands of pairs of sunglass lenses. Well, when they started trying to do what I was doing, they got with this machine company and said, hey, we need you to make a machine that does this. So they invented a machine for the process I invented. Yeah, yeah. And With and some input from you. Yeah, well, a little bit. But as soon as that machine was available, I went and bought it because right. <laughs> no point doing this by hand anymore. It replaced me. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, well, I think um, for those who who are listening, and we're going to get into some some interesting information here in a minute. But I want you to understand that um, Brett is a guy who is an innovator in the industry who doesn't like he, he Brett. It's my perception that you want to lift all boats. You know, like like every time you know we're talking about. In fact, I'm talking. Sometimes I'm talking to a different company, and your name comes up, and they'll say, "Oh, that guy." Yeah, he. I mean, he invented this product. Like everything we're doing is because of him, right? You know, and so it's it seems like you're just a guy who's just out there trying to make the 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 products and the industry better all the time. Well, I'm I'm doing it for myself and my company. Sure, sure, my sure. company, yes. But you know, it's always you know, what, well, what else can we do? What's right. what's next? And, and, and ultimately, because you're always one step ahead too, there's never truly a copycat. No one's really doing everything you're doing today. Well, a lot of the things that we do, they don't even think could be done. Right. Like it's not even like let's try. Let's let, it can't be done. But we we just did it again a couple of years ago. <laughs> you know, COVID was a little slow. We got to work. Yeah, yeah. So so before we get into some some more kind of deep dive on glasses. Uh, for those of you who are listening, tacticalrx.com or sports optical, uh, you can go there. You can, you guys sell complete glasses with, you know, frames, lens, the whole nine yards. Yep. You can order them in a prescription. Um, you can also just get a pair of lens. If you're like, Oh, I already got a pair of glasses. I want uh, odds are pretty high that you guys have uh, already have the measurements for that. The, those frames, you can cut the lenses and send them out in that person's prescription, or you guys will do custom work. Someone can send you a pair of, of frames yep. and you guys will do the measurements, cut the lenses, get them all done, install them and send it back. Yeah. Almost all the time we can do that. You know, there's certain instances where the frame's not designed right. Sure, sure, it, sure. Or it's an old frame. We just don't want it to break on you. It, it's horrible spending three hundred bucks on a lens and then two weeks later it breaks. You know? Sure, but yeah. you guys, you guys know what the parameters are. Yeah. You have a sense for if you're going to be able to do that. Yep. So check that out at tacticalrx.com. All right. So here's where I want to start, Brett. Um, before we get into kind of this, some of the prescription related things, I'm curious about the evolution of how we just protect eyes in sports. You know, this 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 podcast is all about shooting and, and specifically defensive shooting, but you know, we, we have to train, we practice, so we, we want to protect our eyes in that environment. Uh, but you know, you you deal with lots of other industries as well, you know, biking and all sorts of things. You know, over the years, how have you seen like the the what are the changes you've seen in eyewear as it relates to how we we protect our eyes in those environments? Well, uh, a big part of it is fit. I mean, you can toss the lens in front of your eyes. And now you got a lot, bunch of wind and dust coming in because it doesn't fit you well. So the ergonomics of, of sport eyewear has really come along. And then the lenses themselves. I mean, because mm, probably when I got into the industry, you know, half the sunglasses out there didn't protect you from a lot. And you put a dark lens over your eyes, your eyeball opens up, you're letting in more harmful stuff. Uh, pretty much today, most things protect you visually but the clarity is not there in the cheaper stuff yeah, yeah so you know the the fit the the strength of the materials the way things are designed i think the 3d printing has really helped a lot with the 
designers because they can have an idea, print it out, try it on, tweak it, and do it again and again. You know, we, we live in an amazing world right now where there's so many different ways to do things as opposed to, you know, taking out a block of plastic and a little hammer and some, <laughs> some, you know, chisels and stuff and trying to make something to try on. It takes you a week and then it's not right. And you got to start all over. So speaking as someone who's done that, it sounds like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, what about like the, the cur- we talked earlier about one of the biggest things that they struggled with in the past was prescription lenses and them being curved. Um, but have, have we always understood the value of a curved lens in terms of protecting the eyes? Oh, well, you know, from a non-prescription standpoint, the curved lens is going to give you more coverage. And a flat lens, like the, the old standard, a flat lens with the side shields blocked your peripheral vision. So when you curve the lens, now you have more peripheral vision. Just so happens with our prescription curved lenses, people tell me, I have more peripheral vision now, as opposed to just flat everyday glasses. Yeah, because they, they have a baseline to compare to, because yes. they're, they're used to wearing normal uh-huh. flat prescription lenses. Which I presume, I presume that a flat lens is less expensive to manufacture. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's why most of the casual glasses you see are flat because they're they're stock lenses. So they basically your prescription sitting in a drawer. You order the glasses, they walk over, they throw it in the machine, and it's done in ten minutes. And yeah, you know, there, there, there's there's some customization going on, but a lot of the stuff you know that you see is just it's very stock. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's a step below the readers you buy. Yeah. I, I want to stress, I guess, my first thought here for the listeners, um, having been on many a gun range with many a people, it's not unusual for me to see a consumer, uh, a shooter, come onto the range with a pair of, usually it's prescription lenses that are flat, they're not curved. I don't know if, to what standard they're built, but they're, they, you know, they're just not, they're, they, don't, they don't offer the protection. And I think that there's, at least among some, this this sense, this belief that um, that that's okay. That's good enough. That it's safe enough. And I, I'm I've seen at least two incidents where um, flying objects through air have come through and almost damaged an eye because a person did not have wraparound safety. Oh man, I'm glad you brought this up because as safe as we are with you know hearing protection and with don't put your finger on the trigger and you know pointed down range, make sure it is behind. I mean. All these safety things that, you know, don't wear loose clothing. And then somebody wears like glasses they got at Walmart for $59. Um, There's many things that can go wrong. You know, very rarely a a weapon explodes, but they do. I've seen it happen. When they do, parts go everywhere. I've been hit by, you know, the steel targets. You know, you get the the splatter coming back. Uh, Personally, I've been hit with it many times. And I was glad I had my glasses on. Um, a a thing we get a lot is when they're, if you're standing in a stall, you got the brass bouncing off the side and coming back and getting caught. Not only now if you have hot brass hitting your eye, but it's wedged between your glasses and your eyeball. So it's staying there. Yeah. And I've met quite a few people who've gotten glasses from us. That is the reason they had to go to the ER and get their eye taken care of. Um, or, or the guy next to you is shooting brass at you and it's sticking between your eyeball and your, you know, that's a bad day. Having the proper safety equipment is important. Yeah. Know? I mean, I, I, I've, I've seen and heard my fair share of horror stories, but I bet it's, you know, a drop in the bucket compared to the stories that you hear. So, so that's like the first thing I want to make sure we're communicating to anyone who's listening to my voice. 
if you don't already have wraparound glasses, you're doing it wrong. Like it's it's just on a gun range. It's unacceptable. And not only do they have to be wraparound, but to your point, Brett, they got to fit properly. They got to fit right. Yeah. Yeah. They got to yeah. fit properly. Because if, if they wrap around, but I have some huge gap because, you know, they don't exactly. fit my head properly. Yep. Yeah. And you see that a lot. You know, oh, well, these were on sale. Well, they're not working. <laughs> yeah. Well, they <laughs> and, might work for one person, but not for me. You know, and, and you got, you got the, uh, even going a step beyond the range. If you're, we have a lot of military and, uh, and uh, law enforcement that use our stuff. And if there's, you know, debris flying around from whatever you're doing it's going to get in your eyes yeah and at that point you know you don't have time to stop and rub your eyes or rinse it out with water yeah you know you got you got to get to the task at hand and not be worried about your protection let's talk a little bit about size and fit i think this is an interesting um topic for us to kind of sideline on here for a minute because you know, in addition to protecting ourselves from flying objects, we're, we're talking about the importance of just fitting the head properly so that nothing can get in there. Uh, you know, even like you said, flying debris, things like that, or the shell casing, that's a great example. Uh, do you have a sense for, you know, how much range is there really in the human head? <laughs> right? Like, oh, there's like a lot. I, yeah. Like there's in my ton. head, it's like, uh, if, if I walk into your average safety glasses store or, you know, frankly, you can get safety glasses at Home Depot. Yeah. It's not like I'm, you know, it's not like I'm, it's not like there's 12 size options and I got to, it's not like right. buying shoes, you know? So like help us understand a little bit, like how much variance is there? How does a person know how big their head, like if they go to your well, site right now, yeah. how do they know? Well, we, we, we have things on the site listed as, you know, small, medium or medium, large or, or whatever. Um, but as far as people go, if, if we say, do you, you know, how's your head size? You go, I don't know. You have a medium size head. <laughs> because if you have a small head, you have issues getting things to fit. You, you have know. a large head, you usually know. You're like, oh, yeah, I can't get anything to fit. So, you know, there are, unfortunately, the, the industry makes everything medium because that's 95% of the people. They don't want to deal with the two and a half on either side. It's just not worth their time. Sure. It'd be the equivalent of a holster company that only makes right-handed holsters. Right, right. And there are those companies. Yeah, sure. Well, they, they exist for sure. <laughs> but the, um, the that, that's just part of the thing. The small, medium, large is only part of it. And then you have where your ears set. You know, are your cheeks sunken in or do you have big cheeks? Your bridge of your nose, do you have a small bridge? Do you have a larger bridge raised? You know, there's, there's so many different things. So getting the right glass is more of, you know, a trying on thing. Mm. not not necessarily every time because we put descriptions on you know this fits larger and so forth tucks in tight um but it's we we try to guide people by talking to them to the one that we think is going to fit the best and if you're not in denver we ship all over the world and we can ship you like three different models to try Mm -hmm. you say oh i want to get prescription safety glasses we talk about it we go i think these three will work good you get them you try them on, you go, I like this one. Well, th- at that point, you mark that one up. We'll give you information on how to mark them, you know, so we have the optics in the right place. But uh, And then send them back and you guys then, then fit we that one out with the lenses. Start doing it, yeah. 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 So, so this is really interesting because I think that we're in a world where, I mean, if, if someone can just drive to your store, and de- you have a store in Denver and you have a store uh-huh. in Boulder too, I think, uh, here locally in, in the Denver area, great. Uh, but a lot of people are going to shop online, and I, you know, we this came up recently because we did a deal with you where we put a voucher for a pair of glasses in our guardian box, 
And, and this is not the first time we've done a voucher. In fact, we tend to do a lot of vouchers because it allows us to give people things we normally could not. And this is a good example where we, you know, normally we, we're not going to go buy, you know, a thousand pair of glasses and stuff them in the box and send them out because people need different pairs of glasses or people uh-huh. have different uh, interests as far as, you know, colors or sizes or whatever thing. So, so this, it was a perfect opportunity for, to do the voucher thing. And I remember talking to you and saying, hey, Brett, normally what we do is, you know, we put a code on here and people go to your site and they redeem it. And, and you're like, well, how about you just have them call us? And I remember thinking, Brett, you're insane. Like, there's no, like, you do not want all my people calling you. Like, it, that's just too many phone calls. You're like, no, no, no. Like, this is this is what we do. Yeah, it's custom. It's yeah. for you. Yeah. It's not for everybody. It's it's your pair of glasses. Right. And and I I just I remember thinking this this is going to be completely insane. But you guys, you and, and your team were, were reassuring me, like, no, this like this is what we do. We get phone calls from people. We talk to them. We know how to how to find out, you know, what glasses are going to work for them, what their needs are, what their objective is, you know, what you know, th- like you said the size of the bridge of your nose, the size of all these little things. And and we we can put all that together and sometimes it might be a multi-step process like what you described. Maybe we need to send them a, a pair with some instructions on how to mark the lenses. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to follow up a question about that in a minute. Yeah. Then they're going to send it back. Then we're going to actually be able to make the lenses that will, you know, all this stuff and uh, so I was a little bit anxious going into that process because I'm not accustomed to doing it that way. Um, I just thought it was going to be overwhelming that you're going to get too many phone calls. And certainly you guys got plenty of phone calls, I'm sure. But it worked out great. And and people were thrilled to have that level of service because when they got their pair of glasses, they didn't feel like, oh, I just you know ordered these randomly online. They felt like, hey, I, you know, these are my glasses. They're customized for me. Right. Um, and I think that that experience is important. So, would you? Is that advice you would give? Like, you know, how often in order to get the right thing, do you think most people need to have a conversation? Uh, not necessarily, but I mean, that's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. If I was just taking orders online, actually, from a business standpoint probably have it so i don't have a phone number there's no address like a lot of a lot of a lot of the competitors in the optical field you're like who are these people yeah you know they don't want to be contacted um well it's but, more efficient but yeah but what i want is when you get it it's the best glasses you ever had i, I don't want to just sell you a pair of glasses i don't i'm not selling a commodity i'm right. selling you a custom product yeah and i want it to work great yeah i love that i love that um let's go back you were saying I thought this was interesting. You said sometimes you send someone a pair or multiple pairs of glasses with instructions, you said, to mark them up uh-huh. so that you can identify. So so talk a little bit about that. Like what's the variance in someone um, in, in the shape of, of someone's head or face that causes you to change something about the way you design the glasses? Well, the, the lenses. You the know, lenses. The, the, the frames you yeah. try and you pick the best fit. But the lenses, you know, your eyeball can sit in the middle of the lens, the top of the lens, even the bottom of the lens sometimes. It has to do with your ears and your eye placement and your bridge. So when we get that, it's just an extra bit of information that we can use to make the glasses even better. Mm. Because if we put them all in the same spot, some people might have a lot of prism in their glasses. And you may see clear, but you're not seeing where it actually is. So if you shoot, let's say you're shooting at 100 yards and there's some prism in your glasses, you might keep shooting high. Is that the equivalent of like uh, when I'm looking into the stream and I'm fishing and I stick yes, the, the spear exactly, in there and it exactly. kind of is off? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, same concept. Yeah. Now you'll, of course, adjust your sights. Sure, sure. So when you shoot, it's there. But it, it's not as good as having the optics right in front of your eye. So you don't have that prism going on. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, so so it could be clear, 
but it's actually an inch or two different than where you actually see it. <laughs> right, right. Crystal clear is yeah. just not where I think it is. It, it, it happens in golf, too. A lot of people have that happen, and you know, they oh. they see it, and they're putting at it, and it's off the same every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the glasses. Um, that's interesting. Uh, when it, you, I want to circle back to the safety thing a little bit. You mentioned that um, today, you know, in, in our modern world with the materials that are being used, most glasses are made to some safety standard. But if I understand correctly, there's there's different safety standards, and I don't think, like you know, most of us have heard the term ANSI before, uh-huh. and they got all sorts of stuff going on. It's a little. I, I tried to do some research; it's a little confusing, uh, and I don't need you to get into detail. But my sense is that that's not. It's not like there's. It's not like there's a requirement. It's not like ANSI is coming out to your business and testing your stuff before you're allowed to sell them. It's. It seems to be it's sort of. It's kind of a self certification. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're you're proactively saying, hey, I'd like to you know we meet submit these standards our stuff. and we've done these tests and yeah. so forth. Yeah. yeah. But there's different levels, right? So Oh, definitely. Yeah. Actually, regular sunglasses have an ANSI standard. Regular non-protective sunglasses. Right, just the, the Just as far thing. as the amount of light blockage and the amount of clarity that they give. That's it. Yeah. Not has nothing to do with safety. Right, right. <laughs> but it, but it's still an ANSI standard. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. Right. So so th- I think that's an important distinction because um you know, it's. It, I could. I can see this being abused from a marketing perspective. It is. There's a safety company out there right now. I was talking to my factory in Milan last month, and I said, "Hey, look at these." I said, "How are these ANSI?" She goes, "Oh, those aren't safety." Oh, it's a different like, ANSI she's standard. She's like, "That's the ANSI sunglass standard," <laughs> but they're selling them as safety glasses. Yeah, and all, and they're just putting ANSI approved or ANSI yeah. whatever thing, uh-huh. and, and the consumer is not smart enough to know right. this standard versus that standard. So I think that's worth you know being aware of as a consumer, right? That just because something says ANSI or ANSI certified or approved or standard or whatever language yeah. they might use, so so the the base level ANSI is the Z eighty seven standard for safety. Oh, okay, so Z eighty seven is the base level for uh-huh. safety specifically. For safety specific, yeah. And yeah. I'm sure there's multiple levels of safety. Yeah, but that's well, the baseline. Basically, it, it it needs to exceed that standard to be Z eighty seven. And then the next standard would be the military standard. The ballist, It's not really called the ballistic standard, but that's what it refers to it as. Um, and that's, that's basically like six times the energy of the test. Oof. So it's quite a bit more energy. Yeah, that's significant. So in our shooting glasses, we make all of our lenses to ballistic standard. Yeah, yeah. so that you know that that's guaranteed. Yeah. Um, well, the lens. Sure. So the frame will be, if it's not a ballistic frame, half of our frames are ballistic and... Uh, Half or Z87, but the lens is always we make it the ballistic. So if it's in a Z87 frame, that's all it stands up to because that's holding it that much energy. Sure. Even sure. though a lot of them would pass it once again, a government thing, you got to pay so much per test. A lot of companies will only test a couple of models. And sure. Yeah. Even though they would pass, they just don't pass. <laughs> you have a pair of glasses in your showroom that you shot with some buckshot or something. I mean, t- talk yeah. About that. So I was down at uh, Big Three East, which is a, a, a wholesale gun event for uh media guys for podcasters and internet you know facebook and instagram and magazine guys so they'll bring in like 50 or 100 of those guys and then they bring in 50 or 100 um uh, manufacturers to show their product so all those guys get to see a whole bunch of stuff in one place they get a lot of content and all the manufacturers get to see all the you know, as opposed to meeting one-on-one and sending things sure, through the mail. Way more it was a lot more efficient, yeah. So I, t- I, had, I was wearing my glasses that I made for myself at the range. 
And I, I had one of the content creators with me. I said, well, let's shoot these. And, you know, it's a full range full of guns. Well, there was only one shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a KSG. And uh, he goes, I only have a three-inch shell with number four steel shot. And at that point, I was like, well, it's probably going to break. Because the glasses aren't bulletproof. No, sure, sure. Not, they're not made to that. <laughs> they are very protective, but they're not meant to be bulletproof. So we've set them out at 15 feet. You've probably seen the Oakleys and the Wiley X's that they've shot with a shotgun. That's 15 yards with birdshot, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we set them at 15 feet, and he shot them, and they didn't break. <laughs> Which yeah. has been one of our great advertising tools because – I thought they would break for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they look, I mean, it's quite impressive to see them. I mean, you're listening to this, an audio podcast. You guys are listening. You're like, that's cool. But when you see it with your own, like the, just the visualization. It's, it's on the website, yeah, right on the homepage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all right there. So you guys can go check it out. It is, it is, it is uh, when I first saw them sitting in the, in the glass case, I was like, oh. <laughs> and, and I didn't wow. build these to shoot. No, no, Like right, I didn't right, right. beef sure, them up. Sure. There were the ones on my head that I used to see through. That's how I build them. <laughs> And so you just took them off so, and said, let's shoot these? Yeah. So the next time we went down there, we put uh, we put a pair on top of uh, two pounds of Tannerite. Oh. <laughs> and we blew them up, but we couldn't find them. <laughs> so we don't know what happened to those. No. So six months later, we're down there again, and the, and the USA Chemical Supply guy goes, hey, is this your lens? So <laughs> we didn't find the whole pair of glasses, but we found a lens, the lens survived. that had been blown up with two pounds of Tannerite. Lived in the swamp for six months, <laughs> and there was barely a scratch on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. So, so I think uh, what I love about that is that you know there's a minimum standard, and I think this tends to be one of those you get what you pay for kind of things, right? Where uh, an economic manufacturer who's putting out you know the the lowest cost product they can, if that's kind of their business model, they're you know, they are saving money by not making them to the same standard you are. Yeah. It costs more for you to do what you're doing. Oh, yeah, it does. It yeah. does. And the knowledge and the machinery. Yeah, all those things. Uh, that's important. Uh, I'm I'm curious to talk a little bit, um, you know, we've talked about kind of, you know, the idea of fit. We've talked about wraparound, about, you know, just the way they, they fit to your face. We've talked about where we, you know, kind of the prism and the alignment of prescription. I want to come back and talk a little bit more about prescription. Um and, and kind of get some different things clarified. And I'll just warn the listener who's listening to this podcast, I'm the worst guy to have this conversation because I have no corrective right. vision requirements myself. So if I ask any questions that sound dumb to you people who have prescriptions, you'll forgive me. It's just not my language. But but there's some people who just require magnification, like the reading glasses yes. folk. Uh -huh. And yep. then there's the actual prescription people. Right. How does that translate for a shooter when they need safety glasses? Well, uh, I was hoping we'd get into this on the different types of safety glasses. Yeah, yeah. Fire away so, there. Yeah. So it is visually, all right? Because like you have different guns to do different things. I mean, you're not going to take your birdshot gun and try long-range shooting. Right, right. Uh, a lot of people want to get, oh, I want to get one pair that does everything. Well, sometimes that's not possible, you know, based on your visual needs. Mm. So if, if you're a younger guy and you don't need glasses to see, you just need them for far away, you don't need them for close up, you probably can get just one pair of prescription shooting glasses, put them on, see everything, see up close, see far away, and it'll work great for you. Um, but if you're doing, you have a minor prescription, minor pre prescription people are funny because they'll go out without, <laughs> you know. They'll, they'll be looking through their $3,000 optic 
And it's a little blurry, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're willing to drop the money on, yeah. on the scope or the red dot. But, but yeah, and, and, and the funny thing is on the scopes, there's two diopters of adjustment. So usually you can bring it in pretty good. Um, but when you're going out, your reaction time drops because the sooner you see it, the sooner you can react to it. Back to our peripheral vision in our glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that prescription all the way around the sides. Um, some of the people you were talking about can't see up close because they're older and got to have reading glasses. A lot of times they can't see their front sights. So we develop, we developed the lens called the almost lens. Mm-hmm. So it's almost your reading power, but that's at 16 inches or so. Your front sights usually at 20 to 30 inches. So the way we d- do that is we have you measure how far your front sight is. We take your prescription if the you know, your reading prescription, and we can adjust that. We've made thousands of lenses. We know where to adjust it to. So you've got this bifocal that's sitting above your eye instead of below your eye and your dominant eye. And when you go to shoot, you you, you draw, you, you've got your, your pistol in front of you. Now, you know where your target is. You just saw it, and you can dip your head ever so slightly, and now your front sight is in perfect focus. Mm. And... If you need to see the target again, you just raise your chin, you know, just a tiny bit, and now you can see the target again. So it really brings that front sight into real clear focus. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's so, a, it's a, it's a, it's a, like I said, it's a bifocal, but it's at the top, not the bottom. Yes, and it's yeah. adjusted for that distance because right. it's not the same as your reading. Right, right, right. Yeah, because I might hold a book, you know, relatively close uh-huh. to me, but the but the the sights on the gun are further out. Yep, yep. And if we're talking about larger and smaller heads. Mm-hmm. Some people have really long arms. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, and uh, it's it, it it really helps a lot with with that. People are like, oh, I'm shooting better than I ever have because it's just crystal clear. Sure. Um, you call those the what was the, the name? almost the lens. almost lens? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. if you can't read in your non-dominant eye, a lot of times we'll throw a bifocal at your reading power in. Mm. So you can look down and, you know, work on your gun or score sheet or map or whatever you need to do. Uh, Kind of the same principle. We have long range guys. So uh, the one guy I'm thinking about, he does these, these competitions where he, you know, they hike 10 K and then they shoot across a valley and then they had to hike another 10 K and then they got to shoot down, you know, between these trees. And um, it's a timed thing. Oh, wow. So, his issue was he would shoot and he'd have to adjust his turrets. But when he had to do that, he had to get out of his shooting position and like push himself back so that they'd be clear because he couldn't see clear up close. So what we did with him is put the almost bifocal on the non-dominant eye and we put it on top and I adjusted it instead of 16 inches for six inches. Right, right. The, 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 with the proximity of the turret itself. Yes, so he'd take his shot, and all he had to do was look up through his non-dominant eye, and it was all crystal clear. He didn't have to get out of position. So we were, we were cutting major seconds off of every shot he took. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, without, without having to get And we've done a lot of them since then, but that's, it, it's, you know, it's all customized for what, what are you doing? What, what do you need? You know, if you have a real strong prescription, we have, we have solutions for that. You know, the type of shooting, we came up with a lens called uh, the Clay Killer. <laughs> So that, that's for uh, skeet traps, sporting clays. Um, for years, the kind of the gold standard for that has been a purple lens, you know, dark purple and light purple and, you know, or rose or yellow. It just depends. That's another thing. People all see different. So I, I'm not going to stand here and say, 
hey, you need a purple lens for this because that's not not the case. We all see different. So so we came up with, we got two colors in it. There's And the thing is with the purple, it wasn't polarized. Mm. And what's polarized do for you? Polarized makes your eyes relaxed because you're not fighting the glare. You're not squinting. Mm-hmm. If your eyes are relaxed, your shoulders are also relaxed. I mean, you get fatigue standing out in the sun all day. Just standing there, you're going to get fatigue. So we've got the purple polarized and the rose polarized. And it really makes that orange just pop. <laughs> we've had really good success. People have tried it out. They're like, wow, this thing is incredible. Let's talk more about color. You got me intrigued. Yeah. Uh, because... I uh, at Shot Show this year. I went by some you know glass booth, and they they were they oh they were on it, Brett. They they snagged me. I mean they <laughs> they they wouldn't let me pass. Right, it was like Gandalf, and uh, so they grabbed me up and they wanted to show me their new space age NASA approved whatever thing that they had going on. And their whole sales pitch, which I could not repeat now if I tried, but it was all about color. Uh-huh. And it was all about you know I don't know you know smoked and you know traditionally we have clear smoked and amber lenses that's kind of uh-huh. what's what's been the thing forever and now we're seeing a lot more variation we see a lot more of these kind of uh, tans or bronzes and browns uh-huh. more of the purples uh, and other colors so t- talk a little bit about your know, color and, and you know how you obviously it's a, there's a personalized issue there but there's also probably i assume some mission driven thing as far as what yeah. i'm doing and, and those kinds of things oh yeah well first and foremost it is very personalized you know it's what you like to look through um, so gray just turns the, the smoke just turns it down evenly. Mm. So you get all the true color still coming through. Everything still looks the same. It's just darker, darker. Um, a lot of photographers like that cause they don't want colors changing when they're taking pictures of things. Sure. You know, and you get into a, like a Brown polarized and that's going to give you a better contrast, uh, and depth perception because of the, the hint of yellow that's thrown in there. Mm. Um, as far as task specific, it's, it's a personal preference. You know, if you're light sensitive, you definitely want a darker lens and usually polarized. Um, if you're not light sensitive, like I'm not real light sensitive. I wear my clear shooting glasses outside all the time. You know, (laughs) I can wear them inside and wear them outside. It's same as wearing regular glasses. Um, a lot of the, the companies out there, they're, they're tuning colors, or the marketing departments are giving the colors a name and telling you that they tuned them, but the color existed before. Sure. So, I mean, we have really good colors and lenses that we sell. Uh, the clay color is probably the most tuned that we've come up with mm. um, because we've got certain processes that we've done to make that lens happen. But the right, I mean, you know, you said personalized, uh, certainly based on how you see in your own vision, but uh-huh. also, like, like you said, the purpose. Like if I'm going hunting, yeah. if I'm looking for a deer, you know, in the grass with great camouflage, that's probably, a, a, a you know, I'm going to have different needs than if I'm shooting. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, clear, clear is kind of a universal go-to. Uh, I've got a lot of deer hunters who really like the yellow. Mm. We do yellow with an anti-reflective coating on it, and it just brightens everything up. Yeah. Um, I race rally cars for fun, cheap rally cars. I want to specify <laughs> I'm not in one of those fancy cars. Um, and I use yellow with anti-reflective coating whenever it's cloudy out, you know, or when you go hunting, it's early in the morning and it's not real light. Sure. Um, and that yellow with the anti-reflective coating at the end of the day, I'll take them off and I'll like, wow, it's cloudy. I mean, it, it makes it seem like it's sunny all the time, mm-hmm. which it allows more light to hit your eye. Your pupil gets smaller. So you have better depth perception and contrast to feel. So, mm. yeah. 
So you bring up another interesting thing that I think is worth discussing. Uh, are two two questions that you you made me think about. You mentioned polarized. You also mentioned act and uh, anti-reflective coding. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So, is there a reason why you wouldn't want these things? Like my my immediate kind of takeaway is well, shouldn't all then don't we want all glasses to be polarized? And well, them? a true polarized lens is only available on a darker lens. Uh, I so see. You, you know, there's a company that makes a yellow polarized, but it's, it's the performance isn't there. It's not really a polarized, and it's kind of not yellow anymore either. It's kind of green. So you know, you got gray and brown and G15, which is the color developed for the pilots during World War II to cut the glare. Um, polarized rose copper those are all the polarized colors so they block like 75 percent to 85 percent you know as a in their basic configuration and that's before we add any other color or any mirror coatings to it uh, for bright light polarized is awesome because it really cuts the fatigue as i said earlier you know you you get that glare if you have a you have let's say you're wearing your welding mask and you go out and look at it some with glare on it you're going to squint but you have a lighter polarized, the rose copper at 75% and there's glare and you don't even see it. <laughs> so yeah. you're not squinting. So yeah. uh, anti-reflective coatings are good, not necessary for everything, but if you're into the real high performance, I mean, the, the optics that you buy have that on it. And there's a reason because it makes it clear. A piece of regular glass uh, reflects back about eight or 9%. So when you look through regular glass, you're seeing like 92% of the light. Put anti-reflective coating on it, you're seeing 99.5% of the light. So it just makes it that much clearer. Mm-hmm. Uh, sunglasses, it's not really necessary if it's a curved glass because you don't have the light coming in from behind. But if it's a flatter glass, you want to put the anti-reflective on the back because you'll have light bouncing into your eye and you'll see your eye looking at yourself and so forth. Mm. Um, and I'm, we've all put on a pair of crappy sunglasses before and had that yeah, effect. Just a whole yeah. bunch of glare going on. Yeah. Um, the, the clears and the yellows, I like to put the anti-reflective on, not necessary, but it does make it just that much crisper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you've mentioned a couple of times now fatigue and especially people who are light sensitive and, you know, a darker lens, specifically polarized ones, probably likely to reduce fatigue. What other tips, you know, would you give someone related to uh, eye fatigue? And just as far as like, you know, my eyes are something I need to protect, not just from, you know, ballistically, but, you know, generally speaking, you know, light can do damage over time with exposure. So what what other tips, if any, would you give to someone just relative to taking care of your eyes well, when you're out on the gun range all the time? We're going to run right back to the first thing about fit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because uh, if it fits wrong, now you're getting wind and dust in your eyes. Yeah. Not, not, I mean, and then you're blinking more, your eyes are drying out and it's causing fatigue. So if you get good fit and a good lens, you know, you got the protection. Those are the best things you can do. Yeah, that's the best thing you can do. Yeah, yeah and wearing them. All right. Because when they're up on, on, when you're up on their, your hat. <laughs> yeah, not helping anybody. And, and it's not that you're doing something that's going to cause this. Most, I think, uh, there's no stats on this. I think most eye injuries are caused by other people. <laughs> <laughs> Fair assumption. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're standing there minding your own business and all of a sudden something happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um my closest eye injury, I just I was on a gun range in Arizona and uh, there was it was a very tall berm, but they were shooting bays on either side of this berm. Uh-huh. So, you know, two you, you know, two different groups of people shooting into the, into the same berm on opposite sides. And uh, I don't know, you know, there there was either a piece of steel or a 
a rock in the wrong place or something. But there was one of these shooting bays where uh, stuff was coming down from the other from the other the the berm the, the rain the bay on the other side of the berm. Wow, you know, it was raining down. That seems like a bad design. It was a bad. It was something. I don't know what the deal was. And it wasn't constant. It wasn't like you know hitting yeah. the ground. Climb. But it, you know, I was I was over in that bay for yeah you know, I don't know maybe 30, 40 minutes, and I saw three or four you know objects come you know come out of the sky and hit the ground. You're like, what, what was that? And you go over and you pick it up like. Well, that's a bullet, <laughs> you know. Like, what is going on? So anyway, I had one of these come down and hit me, and it it, it hit me in, in such a way that you know I, I don't think I drew any blood, but I mean it, there was a red mark, and it it came down kind of in the front of my forehead ish, and um, I don't remember if it hit me in the glasses or not. But that was you know the point is that I'm not trying to to say this is going to happen to you. My point is that a gun range is a place where it's a it's a semi unpredictable environment. Yes. Right, and and we can because it's semi unpredictable. We have to manage a certain degree of risk, and wearing the proper glasses should adequately help you manage that that degree of risk if everything's right. been done right. It's it's no different than the argument about why I have a gun because in case something happens, right? Not like that it's why likely. I have the fire extinguisher in right. case there's a fire, right? Right. You know, right. by the time you get something in your eye, it's too late to put them on. Yeah, and that's an expensive thing to repair. Um. Oh, I had one other question. I was, oh, I remember. Okay. I had two more things to talk about. One of them I almost forgot. Sometimes we'll see people advocate for, um, frankly, you know, prescription, prescription safety glasses are not uh, cheap, especially not if they're any good. Right. So sometimes I'll, I'll see people say, well, you know, if you wear prescription lenses, just wear your normal glasses and then you can get these safety goggle type looking monsters yeah. that go, you know, that go over the top of your prescription lenses. Yeah. Um, you know, that, so you effectively are wearing two pair of glasses. What, what's your take on that? Well, generally the ones you put on over the top aren't good quality anyway. So they may be safe, but visually they're, they're usually not as clear. Um, now you've got two sets of lenses you're looking through. So you're getting a lot of chromatic aberration, which is color distortion. Mm. So, you know, if it's not, not as clear, you're, you're not going to be as accurate and you get the fatigue setting in once again. And then you got the third thing going on. You got the fogging issues because you're wearing mm. glasses over your glasses. Yep. Well, now you're really not seeing clear because you can't see anything. Yeah. It's all fogged up. Yep. And then you got to make sure they're both clean. So you got twice as much things to clean. <laughs> And then the cheap ones you're putting over the top of your potentially really nice glasses are scratching them up and they're bending them up. It's just a, it's a real compromise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That in the end is probably not, not, not worth the juice. Let's talk a little bit. We're going to transition a little bit, Brett. Uh, we got, a, we got about another 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Let's talk a little bit about glasses maintenance. Uh-huh. Um, you know, certainly it could be that my prescription is going to change or my eyes are going to change. So I got to get a new pair of glasses that happens. But what I would hate to do is invest some, some, you know, some hard earned money into some nice glasses and then have to replace them because I don't treat them well. Right, right, right. So I know that's, this is a passionate topic for you. Like talk a little bit about, you know, the biggest mistakes people make and other recommendations you have. Well, I'm, I'm a little geeky like that where I get <laughs> passionate about the cleaning. So the thing with glasses is you want to treat them, let's say as a fine show car. A lot of people just take them off, breathe on them, and wipe them on their T-shirt. And while soft cotton is good to wipe them off with, it has to be clean soft cotton. And after you wear that for a few hours, now it's full of dust. Mm-hmm. Dust is sand, and it makes fine scratches in things. So to clean your glasses, what you always want to do is moisten them first, either with a spray cleaner or even just a water bottle or run them under the sink. And then wipe them off with a clean, soft 
towel, a microfiber or cotton works great. Um, what I see mostly are, is the t-shirt offenders. I do it myself, <laughs> but I get a good deal on lenses. So <laughs> <laughs> slightly justified. Um, but yeah. And, and another thing we see is, is the long-term care of them. People will leave them in their truck when it's, you know, 95 degrees outside, it's 165 in your truck. And that's just not good for plastic in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen lenses literally like buckle out of frames before because oh, wow. they've gotten that hot. Jeez. Um, okay. the, the two things that will destroy lenses are heat and chemical. So chemicals, the other side of things, it could be sunscreen. It could be your body pH, your sweat. It could be gasoline. I had that happen once. Um, <laughs> and any chemical that can get on those lenses can, can really make it react quickly. Uh, it'll make it crack or break or craze, which is where the outside kind of bubbles. Um, the best way to avoid that is if you ever get anything on your glasses is to rinse them underwater, like warm water, pretty good pressure. Just get that off of there. And that's not a bad thing to do every week. Just, you know, while you're taking a shower or whatever. I hear one guy wears this in the shower. He's like, I clean them every day. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you just once a week, wash your glasses really good. Get all that stuff off of there. Yeah. You know, try try not to wipe them off dry. Uh, don't use paper. Paper's made of wood. You wouldn't just walk up to a tree and rub them on it. <laughs> yeah. Those pre-moistened towelettes. Sure. They get them really clean. The big companies love to sell them to you because at 13 months, month after your warranty is done, you got all these fine scratches on them. And they're like, oh, well, the warranty's up. You need new glasses. So they get them really clean, but there's not enough moisture there. Mm, it's too so dry. we really recommend, you know, water sink or spray cleaner, a really good spray cleaner. Things that you don't want to do is Windex because that's made for glass. Most glasses are plastic these days. Windex chemical makes them crack. Mm. Um, I had a lady who was sticking them in her dishwasher. <laughs> Goes back to the heat thing. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't understand why her lenses kept getting screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you guys sell a cleaner. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, tell me about that. Uh, it's the best cleaner that I've found. And just like designing my, my lenses, I have trial and error. Somebody says, Oh, I got this great new cleaner. I said, Oh, give me some. We'll try it out. So that's what we do is we keep, we always try. We always try. We always try the, the cleaner that we have currently a bunch of chemists in Cleveland developed years ago. And it's just awesome. And in the optical world, the, the geek part of things, it won an award for best of show at the, conference years ago and i haven't seen one better yet no so it works awesome if you find something better that's what yeah. you'll offer S- same with our no fog same company i've tested probably a thousand no fogs tell me more about no fog so this is also a spray cleaner thing or it, it's it's drops that you put mm. on the lens gotcha so we'll get really deep into no fog here you can order i can order glasses that have a no fog coating on them from the factory but every week you got to put a couple drops on to reactivate it. Okay. Mm. Our no fog, you just put a couple drops on it and it works. So that's like a $120 product and our no fog is like 10 or 15. So but it's the same process. Yeah, but, but it's a so, no brainer. So, so why that. is the point of doing that? So people, I go to the ski show and they say, oh, I got the best no fog. They give it to me. It's really easy to test. I put mine on one side, I put the other ones on the other side, and I'll walk into a steamy shower, I'll walk outside when it's cold, or I'll breathe on them or whatever. And, and I, we, we're confident we've got the best snow fog going. It's, 
been around for a few years and it works great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, briefly before we end this uh, we've been primarily talking about shooting and you know because this is this is a podcast for for gun owners and for defensive minded shooters but uh, you know just give give me the rundown like what are other activities that you think uh, eyewear really matters like you know you outside of tactical rx you have sports optical uh-huh. where you're dealing with a lot of athletes and other things like just give us a quick sense of like what are other things that people might be doing who are listening to this where it's important that they have good eyewear oh yeah well just about anything you know if you're if you're outside you know um you're protecting yourself from the uv you're protecting yourself from the infrared if you're up high uh down low it doesn't matter on that the atmosphere absorbs it uh the wind and the dust good visual acuity you know, certain colors for, for what you're doing. It could be golf. It could be tennis. It could be bike riding. It could be skiing, horseback riding. I got professional billiards players that wear our stuff, <laughs> you know, pickleball's big right now. Um, almost any sport. If you have, if you notice that it's an issue, we probably can solve it for you. A lot of things I've invented have been because people are like this, I have this issue and I go, let me think about that. And I've come up with the idea and it's not just people who wear prescriptions, you know, almost everything we sell is available non-prescription as sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and sunglasses 30 years ago, a lot of people didn't wear. And now it's kind of not only a fashion standard, but it just, it's more comfortable. It takes away the fatigue as we talked earlier. Yeah. Well, I'm very happy with my uh, glasses I have from you. They're the Mount, what's the Mount one? Oh, the Mount Falcon. Mount Falcon. Uh Yeah. I I have a semi bigger head, I think. and, uh, And so those seem to fit me really well. Uh, they seem to be very comfortable. Um, they just work really well for me. And, and all the feedback we've had from our Guardian Nation members uh, who got the voucher and ordered the glasses has been very positive, both about the experience of getting the, you know getting the right thing, but also about the product itself. So we're very appreciative for the work that you're doing, not just for our customers, but uh, for the uh, sports optical community that you've been doing for the last 30 years. So uh, happy anniversary and oh, I really appreciate it. Uh, last thoughts, Brett, as far as where people can find you or anything else you want them to know uh, about your product specifically or, or placing an order? Oh yeah, definitely. So we're, we're located just north of downtown Denver, just, just a couple miles. Um, and, but most of half of our business is through phone calls, emails, or the web. Uh, and that's tacticalrx.com for the shooting and safety division or sportsoptical.com kind of tells a little bit more about some other things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a phone call away, uh, 303-455-3369. So check it out, guys. I think that you're going to be very pleased. Um, you have a great team down there that works for works with you. So when you call in, you're going to get someone who's knowledgeable, who's able to answer your your, your questions and get you sorted out. Um, if you're not, if you haven't invested in quality eyewear, you know, whether it's from Tactical RX or or somewhere else, I think you should check it out. And and I guess I should mention, in addition to your own stuff, you, you're selling glasses from uh, from other companies with your lenses in it, right? So if someone oh, yeah, really yeah, wants yeah. some Oakleys or Wiley X or whatever. Uh-huh. So we have our Tactical X line. We also have Oakley. We have Wiley X. We have Spy. We have Randolph Engineering. We have Rudy Project. We, I mean, we we probably got 500 different sunglasses. Yeah, in the yeah. Store. So so check it out. No reason not to uh, check out Tactical RX or SportsOptical.com and place an order. Uh, in the near future, get it sorted out. 
So with that, guys, that's a wrap for us today at the Concealed Carry Podcast. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, we're really grateful to Brett and his time. If you haven't already learned about and checked out tacticalrx.com, go there and learn more. Don't forget to check out and get a new holster from ksgarmory.com as well, the other sponsor for today's episode. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks for being here. Remember to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. Take care.